Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to a special holiday edition of the DFS Dreamers and Baby Bowl podcast. We're going to mash this up all together. Uh, fellas, you know how whenever you you around the holiday times, you get your house all the podcasting house. I'm going to invite both of you over tonight at the same time uh, to kind of get get together here and have a little reunion of people that we really have never talked to together on the air at all. I, of course, I have my DFS Dreamers co-host with me, Pierre. How are you doing tonight, Pierre? Doing well, Wes. How you doing? Doing good. And Pierre, I also invited, this guy's like a cousin. I think he's a cousin. I don't know what he is in the Fit family because I consider him one of my own good buddies here because I talk to him each and every week and we do a lot of interaction on Twitter. He's helped me learn how to build DFS lineups all throughout this thing. It's the founder of the Baby Bowl, Rob Norton. How are you doing tonight, Rob? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Wes? Doing well. I guess we all could be cousins, right? I mean, like we're fantasy football cousins. Is that okay? Hey, that works for me. <laughs> I got plenty of cousins, so what's one or two more, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we kind of consider it a brotherhood in the fantasy football world. Just a great community. The fantasy football world is. Didn't know that whenever I got into all this stuff uh, about eight months ago, nine months ago, or whatever. It just really, really uh, they 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 build so much. Uh, content around not only what they do, but also what other people do and just provide support for each other. So it is kind of like another little additional family. The fantasy football world is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Obviously we met each other uh, through this community. So very appreciative of that and really building each other up, which I really like, you know, there's a bunch of content out there and everyone still pumps each other up and, you know, retweets and likes and shares, which is really great to see. Yeah, and I know Rob, that's the same thing for you because you're you're part of the LWOS world as well as just so many different people that you contribute with and guest star on. Yeah, definitely. I was gonna say you guys nailed it. You know, I've met a lot of people and talked to a lot of people uh, in the community, and and it's awesome. You know, everybody is really supportive of everyone else. Everyone knows how how hard everyone else works, so it's it's great to see. I think that's the key thing is knowing how hard everybody else works. Uh, and, and a lot of people, and I want to say, I don't, I don't know, in not the big time, you know, like like the big time guys. You know what I'm talking about? The Matthew Berries and stuff like that of the world. We all have nine to five jobs, too, you know. And so to put that kind of content out there, and I think it's great content. There's so many people with so many, so much great content out there. We all understand the grind, Right. And and the grind is real. And and Rob, I know you come out with an article each and every week at the end of the week as well. And I know that that you put a lot of effort into that. Yeah, definitely. So that's the thing is like I put out, um, you know, the DFS article that I put out every week. That one's the one that kind of takes the most of my time. It's the longest article I do. I usually do one other, you know, streamers article as well. And that one's a little bit shorter, but obviously still takes up time. But like you said, like that, that grind, it can at, at times wear on you. But um, like you said, like on, on top of the nine to five jobs that we all have. So it's it can get tough at times. And Pierre, I know that you always put in a lot of work having to carry uh, this whole entire show because all I do, all I am is baggage <laughs> on the DFS Dreamer podcast, Pierre. And I know, I know you put in a lot of work here getting prepared for this show as well. Uh, how, how do you, how do you find the time to do that, Pierre, to look in and balance all the DFS lineups that you do each week? 
Uh, really, just late nights. Um, so I, I work nine to five, actually longer than that. I'm, I'm salary, so sometimes that that drags out a little bit. But just later nights, I don't I don't sleep too too much, um, and I just like to study. I mean, I love it. I love football. I love sports in general, which I'm sure you've seen. Uh, so I just like to dive into to data and numbers and really just pick it apart. So late evenings, uh, but it doesn't seem late because it's something I enjoy. Yeah, uh, I, I, I get that way, too. All of a sudden, it's 12 o'clock in the morning or 1 o'clock in the morning, and the bread man's going, wait a minute. Okay. Yeah, I'm at that four-hour sleep window, which is okay, because that's just like a long nap right now. All right? That's that's what that is. <laughs> so, yeah, the late nights become very uh, popular in my house. And, and look, uh, Pierre, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Baby Bowl or not, but Rob put together this contest that, that was called the Baby Bowl, and that's how he—I don't know. I don't know how Rob and I met, actually. To be honest with you, I entered this Baby Bowl, and it was really something that caught my eye because—well, uh, let me let Rob, who is the founder of the Baby Bowl, kind of explain what the Baby Bowl is. So, yeah, um, the Baby Bowl was an idea I had— where last the last few years I've uh, done a they call it a one and done or a one timer contest and and what it is is where you pick you can pick a lineup and you can pick anyone you want but the twist is that you can only pick them once per year and usually I've done this for playoffs in the past couple of years and I actually created like a spreadsheet and kept track of it manually all by myself and you know that was a lot of work so I've been trying to find ways and sites that could do that. And then I could make it, make it bigger and then add a charity element to it. So that was ultimately how it, how it came about. And this is the first year that I've done it. It's the first year I've done like the season long aspect of it. And, you know, I gotta say, I've been pretty, pretty pleased with how it's, uh, how it's going, been going this year. And what charity is it, Rob? Uh, for March of Dimes. Yeah, March of Dimes, and we were able to contribute, what was it, 1300 I don't remember how much. You guys know me. I'm putting out numbers. I don't even know what I'm talking about. How, how big <laughs> was the donation this year to the March of Dimes? I think it was just over $1,500 that we donated. Wow, that's, that, that, is, that is awesome. And I hope to be able to have a special show to kind of talk about where that money went and, and what that money gets used for just to continue to allow the momentum to build for the Baby Bowl. Because it's been really fun, Pierre, to be a part of the Baby Bowl project. Because you know me, I get a little angry, right? Whenever I start doing things, I get a little angry. And so I can actually take that person and never use them again and really mean it whenever I enter the baby bowl because it's that player <laughs> elimination, right? So so that week that I played Joe Flacco and he didn't do anything, Pierre, yeah, I, 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 I declared I was never going to use him again in baby bowl. <laughs> I guess that worked then, huh? I wish I could have done that with some, some Kenyon Drake myself. So I can definitely <laughs> look out for it next year. But it's been a lot of fun. It's been a very unique uh, system by all means. Now, look, let me make sure everybody knows that you can follow me on Twitter, at Loafinit on Twitter. You can follow the show, at FI Today with a little underscore. You can also follow Pierre, at Wee 31 Make sure you do that. And you can also follow Rob Norton, at Norton0723. Now, Rob, what we're doing here, we're taking the DFS Dreamer podcast and the Baby Bowl podcast and mashing them together. And so what the Baby Bowl did each and every week so far this year, and it's been very awesome to be able to do this was to have the winner on of the weekly contest. And this this week, though, the, the schedule is conflicted. We just weren't able to do it because Thanksgiving's coming up. Uh, but the winner this week, his Twitter name is what? Ragin' Cajun? Is that right? Yeah, at Ragin' Cajun J. 
I think his name's Jay Bone, Jay Bonin or Bonin or something like that. Well, now I'm gonna say this now, yeah, that if Raging Cajun was on this podcast now, <laughs> that he'd be talking like this, telling us all about his little stats that he had for last week, y'all. Okay, so <laughs> you just turning the fog on leg on what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> I I I grew up with those cartoons, Pierre. You've heard me do my French accent, and that right. that is that is really my Pepe Le Pew accent is what that French accent is. So. <laughs> anyway, that's that's enough of that. <laughs> Quit. You guys are doing this. I, I've been <laughs> dipping into the eggnog already at the Thanksgiving Day party uh, here. All right. So Raging Cajun started out with his weekly lineup, and we like to highlight what that weekly winner did and kind of look in the future of what we need to do this week for the Baby Bowl. And Rob, Baby Bowl is going to actually start on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. So you can choose, uh, you know, you can choose anyone from the Thursday games, too. Okay, all right, that sounds good. And whenever we do that, uh, so we got to go over those Thursday lineups as well. And we're going to go over the Thursday DFS lineup, uh, or, or I guess the card on Thursday only, the, on, on Turkey Day, on Thanksgiving Day. And Pierre, I think we're doing something very special here from the DFS Dreamer side of things. Now that we're teaming up with Rob Norton, we're going to do something very special for our listeners. Is that right, Pierre? Yeah, so we're going to run a contest uh, for Thanksgiving Day. Uh, 30, 30 folks can be uh, listeners from DFS Dreamers or the Baby Bowl. Uh, so definitely get in there. It's going to be a $5 entry. Uh, pay pay the top five. Uh, so definitely join us. See if you can take us down and uh, hopefully just kick back and enjoy Thanksgiving and have a little action when it comes to DFS. Ooh, our Baby Bowl little chat room is just going to be lighting up when they hear that, Rob, because they've been wanting to join a tournament to go head to head against you because uh, <laughs> you, you've been you've been putting a lot of good advice. They've been asking a lot of good questions in there and uh, you've been helping them out all along the way and they've been wanting to participate in this. Yeah, as I say, I know I know definitely uh, at least a few are going to be pretty excited about it. How mad is everybody going to de- be whenever I win this thing? Are you guys going to be <laughs> upset? Speaking of DFS dreamers, uh, let's let's talk about my lineup here. Well, don't forget about my lineup over here. All right. So let's talk about Jay's lineup. He started out at quarterback. He started uh, Justin Herbert, which was very good choice. I think last week uh, he's and he matched him up with Kalen Balage and Keenan Allen last week, which was which is just a fantastic little matchup. And that's usually how I've started looking at the Baby Bowl projections, actually, Rob, was kind of, I wish I would have done it earlier, instead of flying everybody naked, as Pierre likes to say, just kind of approaching it from a DFS standpoint. And, and that stack of Herbert, Balage and Allen was really good. Yeah, I was going to say, that one worked out really well for him. Um, you know, Balage, I think, was one of the most popular plays on the week. Uh, in baby bowl considering you know obviously the people are trying to use him before Eckler's back which you know might be this week but yeah um, that and plus obviously Herbert and Keenan lit it up against the Jets they couldn't stop him so that one worked out really well yeah and uh, you you crossed him over there with the running back as well because you you played a Balage along with a Ahmed you played Ahmed as well yep Yep, that's the thing is I both of those guys I looked at as two guys I wanted to get usage out of while I could before the guys come back. And, you know, we only got five five weeks left in it. And so I was kind of mapping out how many viable running backs I have left and how many viable receivers I have left. And so I was trying to use up those uh, those running backs that might lose value here in a week or two. 
Boy, I, I I put a map together as well, and I took a wrong turn. It's at Albuquerque, like Daffy Duck would say, or Bugs Bunny would say. I, <laughs> you start mapping those things out, and it looks really strange. But I did the same thing as you. I kind of tried to look a little bit into into the future. Mm-hmm. And Pierre, who I played last week, was Ben Roethlisberger. I played Big Ben Roethlisberger against Jacksonville, who seemed to have a really good matchup. And and Ben didn't do too bad, but I paired him up with a Juju Smith-Schuster last week, and I picked the wrong Pittsburgh receiver. He, what did he do? He actually stepped on a penalty flag and hurt his foot? He did. Uh, he definitely tripped on it. I think he hurt his toe a bit uh, on the hard side of the flag. And it was tough because it was his, pretty sure it was his birthday. So a little birthday narrative. And he just did not come through last week for those that had him in lineups. Yeah, and I did hear about the birthday thing. So that's why I thought it was going to be Juju's week. Well, guess what? Juju knew I played him in baby ball. So Juju went ahead and said, no, I'm going to let Deontay play. I'm going to let Claypool play. And I just was left out in the cold. Hey, speaking of being left out in the cold, Patrick Mahomes, I guess it's not left out in the cold. He really fired it up there uh, against Las Vegas this week. And that's who you had as quarterback. And Rob, and you also paired him up there, I think, with Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I was looking, you know, at the at the quarterbacks and doing the same kind of thing, mapping it out and seeing. And I really liked. I I honestly thought they were going to have a bigger game because the whole. I mean, I kind of bought into the little bit of the uh, the uh, victory lap narrative that was going around. They seemed pretty fired up to come out, and I I really thought they were gonna they were gonna put it on them worse than they did. And not only that, but I ex- they, recently it seems like the Chiefs the last few weeks they've they they had or before the bye they had gone away from the run a little bit and they was just like they were throwing almost every down and so I was like okay well Mahomes they want they they have a point to prove against the Raiders um, they're in a dome at at the Raiders place they want to come out and stomp them they're gonna I was I was just thinking they were gonna throw 40, 50 times he was gonna put up thirty forty points. Yeah, came close to it. I think twenty, twenty-two points or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't play any of the Kansas City Chiefs. I kind of went rogue there, and I didn't play any of them. Saved them for a week when nobody else was going to play them. I figured everybody was going to play them last week, so I faded them. And uh, but our winner put Tra- was able to put Travis Kelsey down there. He had saved him, and he was able to use him on a very good week last week to play Travis Kelsey. Also, he ended up playing uh, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook at running back, which was a great play, and I played Dalvin Cook as well last week, and not didn't get to squeeze all the juice out of Dalvin Cook, but we still squeezed a pretty good amount. He, he got 22 fantasy points. That guy is a workhorse, man. He had more touches in that game than Derrick Henry. Okay, and that that that's saying a lot for a running back. And Dalvin Cook's just not built, Pierre. He's not built like Derrick Henry is, but man, he gives you everything he's got. Yeah, he runs hard, and I know there were some injury concerns with him coming out of Florida State, and, you know, he's had his injuries, he's had his fair share, but he's still a workhorse, and when he gets the ball, man, he's he's got some electricity for sure. Uh, I love watching him play. I'm not a big Vikings person, obviously, with the wife being a Packers fan, but he's fun to watch, and I'm surprised that no one's really used him, if I understand this concept correctly. I'm surprised that he wasn't used, uh, I guess, by Raven Cajun. His lineup's kind of stacked looking over here, so bravo to have all those guys available yeah there's there's so many different strategies to use in this one that's been something rob and i have really been uh interested in to see what the winners do and that's why we like talking to the winners to hear all the different strategies that they've had and because you want to save some people you know and and you don't want to use them all at one time but then again 
if you don't use them all at one time, they may end up being hurt. So you may never use them at all. Like CMC, I still, I haven't used CMC because I was kind of waiting yeah. to use him because each week he's bulletproof, right? Every, any week you play him, he's getting 30, right? So I was waiting and I was waiting and I was waiting and now I can't play him at all. <laughs> so that didn't yeah. work out very well. <laughs> hey, I had two running backs though, because I've been saving my running backs. I've been playing a lot of wide receivers instead. And I was able to play Antonio Gibson and my guy from Alabama, Harris, for the New England Patriots as well. I don't think I got all the juice out of both of them, but, I, I you know, pretty good low floors right there that I ended up playing. Uh, crossing over a little bit more here, our Raging Cajun winner last week, he was the one who picked the correct Pittsburgh white receiver in Deontay Johnson. So he was able to pick him up and uh, instead of Juju like I did. But, Rob, you and I both played – um, a, a very interesting play last week because Jacoby Myers ended up dressing up in Bird's uniform for the New England Patriots. And Bird actually got all the points, but we played Jacoby Myers because he had been playing very well in past weeks. Man, that one was such a disappointment to me. I played him everywhere. I mean, yep. I played him in, in in all my, I played him in my DraftKings cash lineup. Um, I, I ran him in a few stacks, although I did play I play a little bit less of him in GPPs just because he was I knew he was going to be so chalky and popular. Um, but I loved him. I mean, uh, I'm not sure if you see in the chat like uh, me, me and a couple other guys do a DraftKings draft each week. Mm-hmm. And so the way we run it is we just, you know, kind of go through and draft and that way it creates zero overlap among all players. And, you know, it's just a fun kind of unique way to do it. Well, I had the first pick and I actually debated taking Jacoby at the first pick, considering, you know, just what I thought he was going to do and what his price was. So, yeah, for this for this plugging him in here and for him to get six point eight points, I mean, especially after he had had such a huge target share for weeks and he was double digits for what, four straight weeks, I believe it was. He had like a 30 point game in one of the weeks. I mean, I thought especially in this game against Houston, I thought he was going to just go off. And you guys know how I am, right? I, I got such a, a, a terrible memory and I get confused so easily. And, and all of those new England Patriot wide receivers right now look like the same person, right? Hmm. And, and then you got bird, right? And, and bird is spelled with a Y. Am I correct? Yep. yep. Okay. And Jacoby Myers is spelled with a Y. Am I correct? Yeah, so they're the same person in my head. All right, so, so whenever I saw Myers getting a touchdown and he's even doing a little bird thing with his hands in the end zone, I was thinking, hey, I got a touchdown. All right, baby, bowl. <laughs> then I go back and I look and I figure out that that I was wrong. So it's just like a disappointment at, at 10 o'clock at night whenever you send those uh, uh, baby bowl standings. You've also played Christian Kirk, and he just didn't play very well last week in the Cardinals. Uh, it, who was it? Larry Fitzgerald ended up with 10 targets last week. Yeah, that one was a little frustrating. Um, I wanted to get a piece of that game. I loved that game, mm-hmm. and you know, it kind of it ended up being a little bit of a letdown. I've already used um, Lockett, DK, Kyler, Russ, Hopkins, so I couldn't use any of them, and um, so I, I wanted to get a piece of that game, and so I went with Kirk, and he he was a letdown. I think that the game overall, in terms of fantasy, especially from the Arizona side, was a letdown. I agree. Kenny, Kenny and Drake, I don't know how he's putting up. The, I, 
he he heard I dropped him too, so he got, yeah. <laughs> he got frustrated tonight. He's gonna start running the ball really fast too. He starts looking good, man. He's starting mm-hmm. to look good again, and I'm kicking myself. All right, uh, Pierre, I need your opinion on this because I'm always comparing myself to Rob, to yourself, to John Frisella on this program, to JB Barry, because you guys are the ones who are really the analysts. I'm just the guy behind the microphone uh, trying to set you guys up to set home uh, to hit home runs all the time. Uh, okay. uh, Rob played Waller last week as tie, at the tight end position. All we could do is pick one tight end. And right. I picked who I called Rodney Rogers last week, the <laughs> NBA basketball players from the, from the nineties. But it was, it, it was really Richard Rogers is who I picked from the, the Philadelphia Eagles. Who, who made the smarter play last week? It was definitely Rob with Waller. Uh, <laughs> Richard Rogers is really dangerous. Uh, so Goddard, Goddard's really the the main tight end there with with Ertz on the IR. So yeah, Waller's the he's the the threat for the for the Raiders. In addition, he plays a lot better when Ruggs is healthy. Uh, and Ruggs has been healthy the last few games. Uh, higher total uh, against the Chiefs as well. So definitely Rob. But now come on, but but Rob, you got to give me some credit for being able able to pick that needle out of the haystack for the tight end position where we can't burn through every single tight end. I mean, there's only what 10, 12 tight ends you want to start throughout the year, and we got sixteen weeks. Right, I was going to say you're even being generous with that ten to twelve. There's about yeah. three when when Kittle's healthy, and uh, so, but but yeah, it, it is tough because like you said, you got to use you have to use sixteen throughout the year and uh you know it's 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 tough and it the, the play ended up playing uh because he caught a touchdown if i remember correctly so mm-hmm. um yeah it, it ended up doing going uh well for you so you got you got some decent points out of a guy that you know that not a lot of people are even going to use the rest of the year i'm sure it's and it allowed you to save a, a better play for another week yes i am the envy of the baby bowl right now. I'm the <laughs> now. <laughs> Listen, uh, and I have another doozy at tight end coming up for our Thursday slate that we're talking about and that we have the uh, DraftKings special on, Pierre. I have got a, I've got a tight end doozy just available for you guys. All right. And uh, to round out our Raging Cajuns lineup, he ended up playing Michael Thomas. And when I, I I didn't even consider playing Michael Thomas because of how bad things looked last week. And we had the uh, whole incident of whether or not it was going to be Jameis or whether or not it was going to be, uh, what, what's the, what was the quarterback's name? Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Thank you. Uh, it was going to be Taysom Hill. And, and so I was like, ah, Michael Thomas, no, no, I'm not going to play him. But he went ahead and played him. And it paid off last week for him, Rob, because Michael Thomas and Taysom Hill both came alive. And what, Thomas had a... Uh, fifty-one percent uh, uh, percentage of his of his throws. Yeah, it had to, it was something crazy. I don't know the exact number, but it was. I mean, he was he got most of the throws, which was you know it was surprising in a sense, just because I didn't expect I, I didn't expect Taysom to be that competent as a passer. Um, I mean, I know he struggled early, but um, and and he did most of his damage through, with the rushing touchdowns, but. I expected him to look uh, far worse as a passer. Yeah, what was your impressions of Taysom Hill, Pierre? Yeah, I, I didn't know about the the arm. I actually went back and, and looked at some BYU highlights just to to see if he could throw. And obviously, as a quarterback, he'd throw some. Um, and it kind of made sense a bit with uh, the Michael Thomas. I think he fifty two percent target shares. What you guys were talking about there, it made sense because Thomas runs a lot of the slants and the the underneath routes. 
Um, but I expected like Kamara, you know, to be a little bit more involved and then be more run heavy with Taysom Hill. And that wasn't always the case. He actually didn't run a much at all, um, except for the the touchdowns they ran in. Yeah, no kidding. It, 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 they, it, when everybody thought they were going to zig, Sean Payton said, no, nah, let's sag, fellas. Let's let Taysom Hill uh, throw the ball. But he knew what Taysom Hill was able to do. And they did pay him that sum of money for a reason. It wasn't just to be a gimmicky player. And I am really frustrated that he's losing his tight end eligibility on ESPN. Not that I don't even play in the ESPN leagues. Uh, no offense there. I'm not a, I'm not a company man, as Matthew Barry would say. But uh, <laughs> I, I hate that because I just I think about baseball and it's so hard for somebody to lose eligibility in baseball. It doesn't even happen until the next season, I think, on a lot of different formats. But to gain eligibility is so sweet. And if you had the guts enough to pick up Taysom Hill whenever you didn't know whether or not he was going to be productive at quarterback and you picked him up anyway and you're able to plug him into your tight end position, I think you should be rewarded for that. And I am totally thinking of my Jalen Samuels pick from Pittsburgh from a couple of years ago when he was tight end eligible. I don't know why we don't have more players gaining dual eligibility. Robert Woods should be a running back with how many handoffs he gets for the Los Angeles Rams. You know what I mean? He should just gain. He should just. Dalvin Cook should be wide receiver eligible because of all the pass attempts that he gets. McKissick should be a wide receiver eligible as well. Just, just why are we wasting our time? Let's make this more fun. More fun, more better. More points, more better in fantasy football. Does anybody agree with me? I don't because I play fantasy <laughs> basketball and I I hate the the players that have like three four positions like your Giannis and LeBron sometimes I got them at point guard and small forward power forward so I prefer they just be locked in uh, so I'm not a big fan of the the multi position eligibility myself. Yeah, for, go ahead, Rob. I was going to say for me it just it kind of depends. Um, you know I I get why ESPN did it because I and and took it away. Because obviously, so so many people were complaining about it too. Well, basically, everyone who didn't have them, I'm sure, was the ones complaining. But <laughs> so I, I get why they, you know, did it. But um, I also think, you know, because I, I do basketball and football or baseball as well, and it kind of is, it, it kind of makes it tricky with like different, you know, position eligibility requirements on different sites too. Whether whichever site you play, like you know, some maybe Yahoo maybe more lenient and you get a bunch of bunch of positions and you got more flexibility and then you got the same guy on another site and doesn't have those. So it, it, it does make it, it makes it tougher. Um, sometimes I like it because I feel like I can find an edge on people with it if they aren't as like dedicated or dive in as deep sometimes. But, you know, I, I, I get Pierre's uh, thought on it. It does kind of make it like a little bit more frustrating, not knowing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and I, I I do kind of agree. Whenever I sit there and think about it, instead of my knee jerk reactions, uh, it is more. It, it it's not very fair to have a a quarterback put in the tight end spot spot putting up twenty something points. And that's why Travis Kelsey should be really, really considered a wide receiver instead of a tight end. All right, so. <laughs> If you're going to make that argument, and that's a joke. That's a joke. I think more position eligibility, <laughs> more better. All right. Hey, Pierre, uh, tell everybody again about this DraftKings contest that we have coming up since we're going to jump into this Thursday, Turkey Day, Thanksgiving Day slate that we have going on. And we've developed this contest just for our listeners and the Baby Bowl listeners uh, for this DraftKings contest. Yeah. So we're going to do uh, 30 players, so 30 entry for participants. Uh, for Thursday only, the Thanksgiving Day slate, $5 entry. Uh, it's going to pay out the top five. Uh, we'll run it regardless. So even if we don't get 30, I feel like we're going to get 30. But even if we don't, 
Uh, we'll run the contest, pay out top five. So get in there, uh, test yourselves against myself, Wes, and Rob. And uh, we're looking to have some fun, uh, kick back. I'm sure we'll be full on, on food, maybe uh, leftovers the next day as well. But uh, for Thursday, just go ahead and get in the contest. Uh, we'll share it out as well. But uh, looking forward to playing against everyone. And we were going to do this for the DFS Dreamers at some point, too. Uh, then, then the big concern came up. Is Wes really going to be able to find out how to play in this contest? You know, is he going to be able to click on the light, right buttons? Is he going to be able to mash the right things <laughs> on the Google machine to be able to figure out how to enter there? And how, how do people find it? How do people enter? Um, so there's a couple of things. We'll, I'll post a link um, and I'll give it to you too as well so we can share it uh, out on the, the Twitter the Twitter machine. Uh, we can do that. We can also do invite. So if you, you do listen and uh, you want to invite and we're not full, you know, you can send your username and we can add you via the invite that way uh, once we're in the contest. So that will be at Peewee 31. He will have that there. Maybe he'll even pin that tweet just so it can always be there at Peewee 31. I'll have it over on my Twitter account as well, at Lofinit. We'll put it on the at FI Today with a little underscore as well. And I'm sure Rob Norton will tweet it out a couple of times. We'll put it in the different chat rooms that we are in at Norton 0723 on Twitter. I will also put it in the show descriptions as well. You can find that over on Anchor FM. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever listening platform you like it on. Anchor FM has them all. So just make sure you subscribe. If it happens to be on the iTunes app, make sure you slap those stars around. Leave a review. That always helps out the show as well. All right. So let's look at these Thursday things and break this down. I got to tell you guys what I did the other day. What's that? I found a DraftKings honey hole, fellas. Okay. <laughs> I, I it, as I was preparing for the show or I was doing something on there and I was looking at stuff, I said, oh, my, look at these little quarter entries. Oh, look at these dime entries. And so I started and I, and then I ended up in – they were such good little honey holes. I ended up putting dollars on them, right, dollars. And I don't even know. If I, I may have put $3 on them. I, I don't even know because I was just so giddy. All the prices, people were priced so cheap. Okay, and then the, the the people who I didn't expect to be priced expensive were priced expensive, and I was like, "Oh, I'm taking these guys." I can't even tell you who I played. I could go probably go back in my history if I could figure out how to get there. But I was playing all these really good players at really cheap prices, and I was like, "I am winning this tournament so much." <laughs> I, I was so giddy. I was giddy, guys. <laughs> it ended up being like Madden streaming uh, things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing yeah I, I lost every penny i didn't win a single dime because it, it, these backup quarterbacks with 99 ratings ended up <laughs> i lost everything uh, it, it was terrible Ma do not play madden streaming be very careful it's got the little m emblem i learned it has a little m emblem by it uh -huh. i just thought i was ending entering some madden DraftKings tournament i didn't know i was a madden streaming tournament i didn't know streaming i i didn't even really put it together what that meant I, <laughs> until all the money was gone <laughs> yeah, that was all that was out there when the the pandemic first hit uh, yeah. and all the, the sports world shut down basically all the streaming was all you had you had 2k getting streamed madden getting streamed so i didn't realize they were still doing it so that's that's hilarious to me well, it's not hilarious to me, Pierre. <laughs> hey, uh, let's talk about these implied totals for this Thursday game slate right now. Houston and Detroit kind of blows everybody away, in my opinion. They're at 51 and a half right now. Washington and Dallas, which might be a game that's going to go over that implied total, is sitting at 46. Th that, th those teams keep that clock running, though, don't they? Uh, it's a lot of run-heavy teams, a lot of run-heavy offenses, and they keep that clock running. But, man, 
neither one of them, uh, especially Dallas, does, doesn't play that tough a defense. At least they haven't in the past. They kind of came out on fire last week. And then Baltimore and Pittsburgh at 44 and a half, guys. We have on Thursday five quarterbacks and Andy Dalton to choose from on Thursday. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> Andy actually played pretty well on Sunday, didn't he, Rob? Yeah, I was surprised. Um, you know, it, I was surprised only because of how he played earlier in the year but you know he's he's been a guy that in the past has 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 done solid with and put up numbers with uh you know the Bengals back in the day and and uh he uh he's he's a guy that I thought would be doing well especially in good matchups with the weapons that you know Dallas has so um yeah it was nice to see him bounce back after an injury and and play well Pierre Dalton had fifty. Uh, Dalton is priced at fifty six hundred. He had twenty fantasy the DK fantasy points last week, which really paid off four times his value last week. If you were bold enough to play him, but let me ask you this, Pierre: Who should be the lowest priced on DraftKings this Thursday? You got Smith at fifty four hundred, Dalton at fifty six hundred, or Stafford at fifty eight hundred. Maybe you think somebody else, but who out of those three? If I'm playing one to get to the lowest, I think it is Alex Smith, uh, mostly because of that Cowboys defense. Um, so I do think that the the Washington football team wants to lean on the run. They they want to give it to Gibson. They want to give it to McKissick and just kind of maneuver down the field because Alex Smith lost some of that mobility, obviously, with his surgery. But uh, he would be the, the cheap one that you would play, and it's, it's mostly because of defense on the other side. Okay. All right. So you think he should be the, 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 do you think that he should be the lowest price? Okay. I got you. You agree with him, Rob, on that, on that statement? Yeah. I was going to say, I, I agree pretty much exactly. I think he, you know, I would play him over Dalton because of the matchup, but I do think he should probably be the lowest price. Cause I think he has the lowest floor out of anyone simply because of like the lack of mobility, like Pierre mentioned, and, and not to mention that they're the type of team that, Definitely, if they do get the lead, they can give Antonio Gibson 20-plus carries and, you know, kind of take the air out of the ball. And, you know, as we saw last week, um, I think uh, Alex Smith only had like nine points or something like that. And when when they, uh, you know, he didn't didn't throw it 40, 50 times. So if they get behind, um, if they get behind, he can can put up some numbers. But if if they play with the lead, he's not going to give you very much. Now, Alex Smith may have only got nine DraftKings points, but that was more than the, the Detroit Lions had last week. They ended up getting a big old fat zero in Carolina. Matthew Stafford is a little bit banged up on his thumb. Kenny Galladay doesn't look like he's going to play because he didn't practice this Tuesday, uh, and that's just a short turnaround for him. I don't know that he's going to play at all. Uh, so maybe the Matthew Stafford play, to me, is the most dangerous out of all those guys, Pierre. Well, potentially, uh, the, the big news is going to be with Swift. If he gets him back, uh, I feel like Swift is going to open up a lot of things, especially against that that Texas defense it, that isn't great. Um, I feel like Stafford will bounce back at home, uh, obviously coming off the, the poor game against Carolina. Uh, but yeah, he's going to have to get someone back, and it looks like Swift was at practice today. Uh, so if so, that bodes well for that Lions offense for sure. Out of these top quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson starts us off at 7,400 and is the top price player. I don't know if I said that right on uh, this Thursday DraftKings lineup. Uh, and and to me, though, Lamar Jackson at 6,800 is just way overpriced, Rob. I, I don't know if he deserves that price point at all. What do you think? Yeah, he's 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 a tough one because I've been a huge 
Lamar Jackson fan, you know, since even last year, I wrote, I wrote before the year is a little shameless plug here, but uh, before the year I wrote about how I thought he was going to be the, the, the QB one overall heading into last year. And so, and it's all about the rushing obviously with him. So that's the thing is, you know, as bad as he's been from a disappointment stand, disappointing like standpoint, he's, you know, still averaging nearly 21 a game. And a lot of it is because of, because of the running. So I do agree that, you know, from a, like, like you said, he seems overpriced and a lot of it is based off his production last, last year. So, uh, but you know, he has that, that game breaking slate breaking upside. So it's, it, he's a tough one for me because he's got the tough matchup and he's, he's so he's, it's just tough. Yeah, not against. I can't see it happening against Pittsburgh. But yeah. my question, yeah, my my question to you, Pierre, is this about Deshaun Watson? We always look for three times the value here on the DFS Dreamers because, after all, we are dreaming. We want to dream high, right? Uh, is is Deshaun Watson at seventy four hundred going to be able to give us that three times the value? Because he, to me, looks like almost the safest play this week. Yeah, I think he can. Uh, you look at uh, his game logs if you're a game logs watcher, and he's done that. Really, the majority of the the season, you're looking around 21, 24 points. Uh, He's been there all but three times this year uh, against the Lions indoors. So, you know, no weather elements. So I I feel like he could definitely get there. He'll probably be the most popular play on Thursday at quarterback, in my opinion. I think so, too. I think he's going to be the chalk play. And we got to talk about Ben Roethlisberger because they have just been throwing the ball so much in Pittsburgh. The last time, though, against Baltimore, he only put up 15 fantasy points. He was priced at 6600 that week. Guess what? He's priced at 6600 again this week. Is Ben Roethlisberger going to be able to pay off for you, Rob, this week if you play him? Um, He's another one because obviously the matchup is tough. Um, like you said, they've been throwing a lot more. I think they've started to realize that you know the strength of their team is the, that that wide receiver core. And um, you know, I think if Juju plays, then I think Ben will pay off. Yeah, you know, especially if they let him throw forty plus times like he has been, because he's got at that point he's going to have a good shot to hit that three hundred yard bonus. So. Um, you know, if they if if Juju plays and they give him the volume that he has been, I, I think he'll pay off. Pierre, you're my DFS Dreamers guy. Who do you think I'm going to pick on Sunday or on this Thursday? Who are you going to pick? Yeah. At quarterback? Well, you like cheap folks. I'm going to say Alex Smith because you're, <laughs> you're a bottom of the barrel type of guy. <laughs> I just wanted to see who you would say, who you would think. All right, let's go into the running backs, guys. Let's let's head over here into this tier um, this week. And Ezekiel Elliott is back. That old, They changed the offensive line in Dallas a little bit. I think they moved a left tackle to right tackle or vice versa. You know, I, I'm not going to know. But he had 22 DraftKings points last week, and he's at 6,800. Seems a little bit cheap if Zeke is back this week, Rob. Yeah, for sure. He, it looked like he got back on track last week. I mean, it was against a, a softer matchup than he's going to face this week. Washington, you know, last time they played Washington, they held him to six DraftKings points. And, you know, that, that front seven of Washington is honestly one of the best, I think, in the league. So um, it could be a little tough. One thing with Zeke that's a little bit discouraging to me is how they've used him in the past game after Dak went down because they were they were peppering him with targets early on in the year. Um, he was getting heavy usage in the past game. And that was ca- giving him such a great floor. So 
Um, he's become a lot less involved in the past game and a little bit more touchdown dependent. Um, so that's, that's something that's a little bit of a worry, but uh, he, I, I think he could, he's going to definitely be one of the guys on the, obviously he's the guy with the most, the highest price at running back and he'll probably have the most guaranteed volume pretty much of anyone on the slate. So I could see him being pretty popular, especially after a, a good game last week. Pierre, this, this uh, tier goes down to the 6,000 mark with Antonio Gibson for the Washington Redskins. Let me ask you, Pierre, who do you like the least out of these top four guys? Elliot, Swift, Connor, or Gibson? Who do you like the least? Uh, the least is actually Elliot. Um, so as Rob was kind of mentioning, I really like the the Washington uh, front seven. Uh, they really held him in check before, and I feel like this is a really tough matchup. I think Washington's going to kind of zone in you know, on the running game and make uh, Andy Dalton aired out. Uh, so I know he's a, a really good price uh, when you look at Ezekiel Elliott, uh, but just with the Cowboys offense, there's just, you look at the weeks before last week, you know, you got eight, eight point three six, really not there. So uh, he'd probably be the one if I had to fade one of these four, it, it would be Ezekiel Elliott and myself. And what you were saying earlier, I'm going to take it for granted that you like Swift the most out of these guys, right? I do. I do. Hopefully he plays. Uh, I liked him last week against Carolina and him getting ruled out kind of messed up my whole mojo of my lineup. But I, I do like him against the Texans who, who really struggle against the run themselves, uh, actually dead last in the league. Uh, he, he really got his breakout game right before the concussion against that same Washington team, actually. Uh, so hopefully he's back. Uh, You've you seen the, the lack of weapons, what that did for the, the Lions. So he'll, he'll definitely be a spark. Uh, he's definitely the, the main guy now, you know, they kind of phased out Adrian Peterson and carry on Johnson, uh, the week before as well. So I do like Swift the most out of this group. I bet now Rob for us in the baby bowl, whenever we see a player like Duke Johnson, all of a sudden elevated to starter status, we're like, all right. Especially whenever we look at what he did in that week nine, I think it was whenever, uh, David Johnson went down. So we, a lot of people started Duke Johnson and you got burned. And then the next week, you got burned. Duke Johnson, since the time that he's been named as a starter, he since week nine, he had 16 fantasy DK points that first week, week nine, and then he's had five, and he's had six. Uh, Duke Johnson's just a mirage, right, even though he's at like a cheaper price point in this top tier? Oh, man. He's he's someone that I, I'm a sucker for Duke Johnson all the time whenever he's getting a, a full <laughs> role. So it's it's tough for me to look, look away because the here, here's the thing with Duke is that you know, I actually used him in my DraftKings uh, cash lineup last week, um, and obviously he didn't come through. Um, but the thing about him is, is like if we looking back at like comparing all the running backs and their their snap counts and their 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 snap shares and their touch shares, he's right there near the league lead. And, and I think in I think the week before, even though he didn't come through, I think he was the league leader in terms. I think he played like fifty four, fifty seven uh, snaps, and touch I think he had almost every single running back touch in the game so it's hard for me to look away from that volume especially when it's coming against the defense as bad as Detroit you know they're they're not going to worry about whether he's had two of two of the past three weeks at least like four or five targets um and and in the game with the highest you know over under so it's <laughs> even though he's been bad it's hard for me to look away from all those things with with that kind of volume at a running back spot. Pierre, Deshaun Watson did what I thought he was going to do last week. What's that? He took, he took over the game. I mean, not not last week, but going into the year even, you know, Deshaun Watson 
was a machine last year over the last couple of seasons. It's just like being Deshaun Watson's team. And yes, DeAndre Hopkins was a big part of it, and that was his bailout throw-to guy and all that. But but this was really last week. What I saw was past Deshaun Watson from from years past. Earlier this year, I don't know what was going on with him. He seemed slow. He wasn't running fast. This year, he had, last week he had a little spry step to his uh, to his game. And I, I'm wondering if I'm not going to see Deshaun Watson just take everything over and make Duke Johnson uh, just not valuable this this uh, week. Am I thinking right or am I thinking wrong? So I, I'm leaning that way myself. Um, I do see what Rob's saying when it, when it comes to Duke Johnson. He's definitely getting uh, the snaps and the shares. You know, he had 95% in week 10. Uh, went down a bit to 77% of the snaps last week. Uh, ProSize got 25% of those. So that's something to to watch for sure. But Watson, uh, he he tends to to really step step it up in, in matchups that he he should excel in. So you look earlier in the year, he did have you know the Ravens, the Steelers, or a couple of those games. That Cleveland game was really bad wind and weather in that game. But you look at all the other games, he's actually hit that value that we're talking about, and he definitely should against the Lions. So I do feel like it's it's kind of a takeover time for Deshaun Watson for sure. Okay. We got to mention J.D. McKissick because if it's a passing game for the Washington football team and you think that it's going to be, he's going to be very valuable. He's at 5,100. He may not be able to get to that price point, even though he's going to get 30 targets that game if it is a passing game. I'm exaggerating. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he gets a lot of catches in that system. But for me, whenever I started scrolling down the running backs, I saw all these guys at 4,000. And we know that J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram are out with COVID-19. And we don't think I don't think that they're going to be able to play by Thursday. Thursday. They're not going to be cleared to play. I could be wrong on that. But down here at the bottom, we got Gus Edwards. We got uh, Hill also for the Baltimore Ravens. And we got Tony Pollard at uh, uh, $4,000, who also scored a bunch of DraftKings points last week. Rob, I guess I'm going to ask you first. Who do you think will score the most points out of those three $4,000 running backs? It's got to be Gus Edwards for me. Um you know, like you mentioned with the uh, Ingram and Dobbins out or likely out, it looks like on, on Thursday, um, it opens up Edwards to see a pretty, probably a, a season high in, in touches and snaps and, and down at this price, I expect him to be really popular. All right, Pierre, who do you think is going to score the most out of those three? Yeah, I agree. It's, it's Gus Edwards. He should, he should get the volume for sure. Uh, I know it's a tougher matchup against the Steelers, but the, the volume's the game when it comes to, to fantasy. Uh, he's going to get the touches, so he definitely should outscore those other those other guys in that range. All right, let's move on to the wide receivers then. And so uh, uh, Gus Edwards will probably be a very popular play considering he's only $4,000 on DraftKings for this Thursday slate. All right, look at wide receivers. Can you play any wide receiver from this Pittsburgh and Baltimore matchup here? I think so. Um, I know it's a, a good defensive battle. Uh, you got to watch the weather. I heard there could be some rain in the area uh, in Pittsburgh. So that's something that to kind of monitor. But uh, definitely for sure when it comes to the, the Pittsburgh guys, uh, the Ravens, eh, maybe not. Uh, Lamar's really struggled, it seems, with the pass outside of Andrews. But I think all the Pittsburgh guys are in play uh, when it comes to, to Thursday. I'd probably start at the top with Deontay Johnson. Uh, when he's healthy, he's been able to stay on the field. He's been a, a target monster uh, double digits each time he he hasn't left the game early, uh, and then Claypool's right right below him as well. Uh, so I guess the question would be kind of maybe picking between those two. Uh, based off targets alone, I go Deontay Johnson, but Claypool definitely has the the bigger play upside. 
DraftKings just refuses to put all three wide receivers in the $6,000 price range. We talked about that last week, Pierre, when we, I thought they all deserved to be in that $6,000 price range. Rob, last time, whenever those Pittsburgh wide receivers played against the Baltimore Ravens, DJ, who I think left the game early, I think only had one DraftKings point. Claypool had 14 DraftKings points, and Juju had 14 DraftKings points. Which Pittsburgh receiver do you think could really go off in this game, or is it all three evenly? Yeah, I I agree. Um, Deontay Johnson has got to be the choice for me. Like Pierre mentioned, every game that he hasn't left early, he's gotten double-digit targets. So that's just, I mean, that's insane <laughs> when you think about that kind of volume. Um, you know, just watching him, I love watching him play, honestly. And he's, he's, he's so good before and after the catch in terms of, you know, uh, dusting guys basically and and uh he gets open so well he, he's so good after the catch and um you know claypool's the guy like you said uh, that has the kind of big play big touchdown potential because of the, his his size speed combination but in terms of you know DraftKings, i'm i'm always looking for volume and even though it's a tough matchup and we got to keep an eye out for the weather like pierre mentioned but 10 seeing double digit targets in every game he's played uh, all the way through. That's that's hard to turn, look away from. We always talk about who's the highest paid players here, and, and Terry McLaurin is $7,000. He's the second highest paid uh, or high paid player. I don't know how to say that. Second highest uh, 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 dollar amount value on DraftKings for this Thursday. He's uh, Can he pay that off, Pierre? We always look for three times the value. Uh, can he pay that off this week? I think so, uh, especially given it's the the Cowboys. So um, he's really that main option uh, with Washington. Uh, they don't really have many other options. Uh, I know that some people like Logan Thomas. I'm not a big fan of him. Uh, McKissick finally saw less than, you know, 14-plus targets last week himself. So McLaurin is going to be the guy. He's going to get you double digits, I, I feel like, from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, getting up to that 21. Uh, it could be difficult, but it shouldn't be because of that Cowboys matchup. And, and also, when it, you look at a shorter slate, you really just want to get the, the best plays. And, and sometimes that's not going to get you the, the value that you need, uh, but you just want to score the most points uh, when you're looking at three games. And I feel like he's probably going to be someone you're going to want to have in there. Do you think either one of those Sims players can go off, either Sims or Sims Jr.? <laughs> their, dra- their, their price is at 3300 and 3200 respectively, but they only had like four and five targets apiece, I think, and they kind of swapped them up a little bit, Pierre. Yeah, and again, it's the, it's the Cowboys. I mean, they, they've been a torch all year. Their secondary has been torch. Uh, Diggs is still out for them in their secondary as well. So if you feel like you're, you can't get up to McLaurin, let's say you have a lineup construction and it just isn't going to work to, to get McLaurin in your lineup because you're paying up at quarterback, running back, et cetera. You could definitely go down uh, to one of the Sims as well. Um, Dontrell Emmon uh, was a full participant in practice today. So he may be back. If so, um, he may take um, some of the actual snaps from Sims. Uh, I think it'd probably be from, from Cam Sims is who he'd take it from. Uh, Steven Sims, I believe, plays more in the slot. So if Emmon, if Emmon is back, then Cam Sims may not see the field as much. Uh, but you can definitely take a shot on him at their price tag. Rob, over in Houston, you got Fuller, who's getting a lot of different targets each and every week and finding the end zone a lot of weeks. He is at 6,400. You got Cook at 5,300. And then a new guy on the field, Kute. Is that how you say his name? What, how do you say? I, I can't remember his name from last year. <laughs> I always pronounce it uh, Kiki QT, but I don't know if that's 100% right or not. It's the same thing you say to your uh, child whenever you're trying to tickle them, right? Though, right? You're, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, he had 
He had four targets last week, one touchdown, which really bailed him out, but nine DraftKings points. He, he seems to be an effective player whenever he gets the playing time. And Randall Cobb is out. I don't think he's been put on the IR or anything, but he's out right now. Do we can, can we play Kute with with a lot of uh, confidence this week, or should we just pay up for one of those Houston wide receivers? Um, I think in in uh, it dep- obviously depends on you know your your roster construction, but I I won't mind him. Um, I'd rather pay up. I think Cooks would be my favorite of the three all con- uh, all three considering price. Um, just because Cooks and Fuller, I don't think there's really a you know eleven hundred dollar gap between them, especially with what Cooks has done, you know, since O'Brien was let go. So, um, you know, Cooks would be my favorite. I'd rank them Cooks, Fuller, QT in terms of my priority for cash lineups. All right, that sounds good. Pierre, uh, really Marvin Joe Jr. is the only one we got to worry about in Detroit this week, right? Uh, maybe. You want to watch. Uh, so I know that Galladay didn't practice, but uh, Almondola was limited. Uh, if Danny Almondola's back, he's one of Stafford's uh, favorite targets there out of the slot himself. Uh, so he'd be one I watch. Obviously, Marvin Jones is the, the pay-up option, uh, but Amandola gets peppered with targets, kind of similar to Hawkinson uh, out of that slot. So if he is back, uh, 3700 wouldn't be a bad price tag for Amandola. Okay. Now, fellas, when I was doing the Dallas kind of wide receivers and thinking about them, of course, we had uh, Mar- I got Amari Cooper at 5700 uh, CD Lamb at 5400, Des Bryant for the Dallas Cowboys at 3600, and uh, Michael Gallup at 3500. I, I just I had to do that, right? I mean, I whenever I see Des in the same lineup day with all the rest of the guys, I'm automatically putting him <laughs> in the Dallas Cowboy lineup. I know he plays for the Baltimore Ravens, and and one of the funny things about it is Des is at 36 and Gallup is at 35, kind of you know, the the guy who replaced Des Bryant in Dallas, and. Dez last week saw five targets, had four catches, 6.8 fantasy points, and Gallup only had two receptions for 4.9 fantasy uh, DK points. Uh, I don't know if, I, if I'm going to be down there at the bottom, which you guys know I like to hang out at the bottom. <laughs> who, who should I rather play, Dez or Gallup? I, either one of you two answer. Well, I'll say that it's funny that they still have Dez in the white shirt because it will throw someone off. And you know someone's going <laughs> to look and you have the BAL for Baltimore, DAL for Dallas. So someone's just going to assume he's back on the Cowboys. I go Gallup myself. Um, I know he, he was disappointing last week. Uh, only got two for 29, five targets. But I feel like he has the, the bigger upside uh, when it comes to that. Uh, so it definitely would be Gallup for me. Uh, with Dalton at the helm versus uh, Des Bryant, who's still kind of working his way into that Ravens offense. Rob, out of either one of the other two, Cooper and Lamb, once again, you talk about the price points there. And I don't I don't necessarily think Cooper should be higher priced than Lamb this week. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I, that's, that's something that, you know, I keep looking at and going back and forth between. I think I do prefer Cooper. Um it's, I don't know. I mean, it, it, they're, they're really close and lamb has been better, uh, a little bit better lately the past two games, it looks like, but I do feel safer with Cooper and they're close enough to where, um, as long as I don't need that extra 300 elsewhere, I probably would just go Cooper. Okay. All right. I can see that too. I can see that. Uh, he seems to have a safer floor with Dalton. You know what I mean? They just seem to, I don't know. Dalton just looks like he's always wanted to throw to Amari Cooper, and so he does. All right, Baltimore Ravens really only have one wide receiver. 
Am I right? And and Sneed, last time he played Pittsburgh, he had 19 DraftKings points. Can we expect that out of him this week, Pierre? Potentially. Uh, if they get behind, uh, it's going to kind of force Lamar to, to have to throw the ball. And um, I think Sneed's probably their, their best option. It just hasn't really clicked with, with Hollywood Brown this season. Uh, Willie Sneed, again, you know, he's he's kind of been a safety blanket because he doesn't run those deeper routes like Brown either. Uh Ball State's finest, Ball State Cardinal, Willie Sneed. So I do think he can get there. Obviously, the game script's going to have to be in their favor where they're trailing the Steelers. Otherwise, Baltimore would prefer to run. So uh, that's a risk you would have to take. Uh, it's surprising. They're, they're right there in price. Uh, so I think a lot of people will, will go Brown, and it may be a time to go Brown uh, when everyone's off of him. It's usually the time you want to play uh, those type of players. But I, I feel like Sneed's maybe the, the safest play uh, just based off chemistry alone that I've seen on the field. Yeah, it really seems to have the safest floor. You know, it just seems like he has a uh, Brown's floor could be zero. It, it may be negative points because he could he catch and fumble and that and then it goes negative because that just what seems like what Brown's might end up doing to my DraftKings lineup if I end up playing him this week. All right, let's go over to tight end, fellas, real quick here. We're running out of time already. We just went through one slate, but this has been an interesting slate to me on the Thursday uh, DraftKings lineups, especially since we're going to be doing that uh, tournament that we got that we're going to be doing uh, on Thursday on the on the tight ends. It's always now one of these things where I just don't know any tight end has a great matchup or doing well. To me, it's T.J. Hawkinson this week who has a better matchup than anyone else. But the price point really looks like Dalton Schultz, Rob, uh, to be able to play this week because he seems to get a little bit of action and he's pretty cheap this week. Yeah, Schultz has been, you know, surprisingly uh, steadily involved. Um, you know, six targets last week, seven um, the week before the bye, eight the week before that. So, um, and he's, you know, had 12 and a half, 8.8 and 11.3 points. So especially at his price point and against this Washington defense where that pass rush and that front seven does get in so quick, they kind of have to check down a little bit more. Um, you know, Schultz at 3,800 uh, looks like one of the better like point per dollar plays to me at tight end. Pierre, I'm going to remind you uh-uh. that I told you last week, Robert Tonian was going to have a good game. And you said, no, man, I told you not going to know. You did that. <laughs> you did that. I think last week and you laughed at me. Yeah, yeah, it was against my coats, man. So, you know, I was a little biased <laughs> and Leonard, and that was, a, that was probably the game of the week, at least for me. I felt that was a game of the week. I know the chiefs and the Raiders had a nice shootout, but coats Packers game of the week got really, Heated in the household with me and the wife, obviously pulling for for different teams. But Tunyon got there. I'll, I'll give it to you. Uh, he definitely got in the end zone. Uh, good good week for for Tunyon. Good call by you. Well, and and the the reason why I say that is because I I look at Jordan Aikens again this week, and I think you know he's a guy who it might be instead of Kuti or or anybody like that, instead of him being able to substitute in for Randall Cobb, it may be Jordan Aikens this week. And he is at 2,900. Last week he had six targets and five receptions, 13 DK points, so he could really pay off at that price. He could, and uh, he's he's leading the the snap share there with Houston as well. Had 51% of the snaps. Uh, last week compared to Fells is 34%. Uh, again, you got to look at how the, the game script's going to go. Uh, I feel like, uh, kind of like Rob said, uh, you're going to be looking at Cooks and Fuller Moore uh, in this group. Uh, Aikens just came off a big game, so he, he may bite you, but at the price tag that he's at, uh, he's definitely worth a, a shot to see what he can pull off if he can have back-to-back solid weeks. 
Pierre, I don't think that you can play Mark Andrews because I've really just kind of resoluted that I'm going to play the highest priced. I say the highest price, just in that top tier, just like we talk about with defenses. I'm going to pay a high price tight end uh, just because I know that they have the safest four. Mark Andrews looks like the guy who jumps out at me typically from week to week as somebody who could pay off each week. But this week he's going up against that Pittsburgh defense. He's priced at 5200 I just can't see how he's going to get to that 15 that we like that we would like to see him get to. It's tough because you see the Steelers um, and you see that first ranked uh, defense against the tight ends. But again, you got to keep in mind that Lamar's probably going to force it to him. Uh, he's definitely his favorite weapon uh, on the Ravens. If they're behind, he's going to have to throw it. And, you know, Andrews is probably the most talented uh, tight end on the slate. So sometimes talent can uh, overcome the defense. Uh, so he may be worth a shot. Uh, again, it's going to be tough. It's going to depend on line of construction. But I wouldn't count him out just because it's the Steelers. Because uh, being one of the, the top tight ends, I want to say he was going third in most redrafts, uh, redrafts after Kelsey and Kittle. Uh, and that was for a reason. So if he can definitely get the targets, uh, he can end up paying it off. Obviously, he gets in the end zone twice. Uh, he's going to do that with a couple catches as well. So don't discount him just because of that price tag and that defense that he's facing. I can't, I I I just I can't trust Lamar Jackson. That's just me. I just uh, I don't know what it is. I just can't get I can't I can't get behind him this year. I can't get behind him. And how are they not starting? How they, why are they still starting Wentz in Philadelphia? And you sit there and watch Lamar Jackson play. Surely Jalen Hurts could not be not, not be any worse than Lamar Jackson right now. I just I I can't see how that could be any worse because Carson Wentz drives me crazy as a as a guy sitting on the sidelines watching those Philadelphia. I can only imagine being a Philadelphia Eagle fan watching Carson Wentz. Oh. That would be the. I don't expect anything out of Nick Foles from week to week, you know. And Mitch Trubisky was Mitch Trubisky, okay. But Carson Wentz is supposed to be Carson Wentz, and and that would just drive me crazy if I was a Philadelphia Eagle fan. I don't know where that came from. I don't know why I started talking about that. But anyway, uh, hey Rob, the DFS Dreamer listeners know that whenever I look for defenses, I like to look cheap, right? If I'm going to save some money, I'm going to try and save some money cheap. Do you see anybody on this Thursday slate who might be able to pay off on Thursday afternoon that's cheap, below that 3000 mark? Man, that, it's, it's, it's tough. I, I'm usually a cheap defense guy as well because it is the most – it is the most random, the highest variance position, and you know, for and when you're looking at a defense in terms of looking for a defensive ceiling, you're looking for the a team that'll get a you know a, a sack, fumble for a touchdown, or a pick six. But you know, I want to say I, I want to say Detroit because they are the cheapest, and actually, the thing that's you know, it, it I have a, I have this kind of thing with defense. People don't understand that you want to play a defense against a team that's going to drop back a lot. It seems counterintuitive because you're thinking that they're going to score more passing more, but you're not, you're not going to get a sack if the guy doesn't pass the ball. So um, Deshaun Watson is a guy that takes a lot of sacks. Um, his, his sack plus turnover rate was like uh, heading into this year, at least was top six, I believe somewhere in that range. So I want to say that, but at the same time, Detroit gets one of the least pressure rates in the league, so it's hard to go. It's hard to go there. I think that I think honestly, the Texans might be the one I would. It would it would depend on if Galladay and uh, Galladay plays or not. Um, if Galladay, Swift, and they're they're fully, you know, all, all the weapons in there, I don't think I can go there either. And I'd probably go with. Dallas, I guess, against Washington. But <laughs> okay. I mean, all all of them. They're just so bad. All three of those are so bad, and they actually have decent 
quarterbacks to go against in terms of getting sacks. So it's, it's, I, I, I probably, you know, I might just <laughs> go with the lions because it is such a cheap discount. Now, Pierre, whenever I asked Rob that question, because you and I talk about defenses each and every week. And I think this week looks to me like I have got to take the Steelers at 4,200. And you know, I just don't want to do that. <laughs> you don't, but they're, they're the best defense on the slate. Uh, they're safest defense on the slate as well. So uh, you look at the weather where it could be raining, uh, which is something else you want to target. Uh, so you definitely or probably want to pay up for the Steelers. Uh, if you can, I kind of agree with Rob. I think the, the Texans are the, the ones to really watch. Uh, when you look at the, the Galladay news, he didn't practice today. So if he's out, uh, we just saw what Carolina did to the Lions. Uh, Stafford's obviously still got the thumb injury as well. Uh, Swift would definitely change things a little bit. Uh, but they do still have J.J. Watt, who can get pressure, uh, can maybe get a sack, strip sack, fumble. Uh, really all you need is a scoop and score or something like that to, to pay off that type of price tag. So the Texans, if you had to go that range, would probably be the one uh, that I would target as well. Okay, and Pierre, each and every week we do this. This is not for our pool here. I don't think that this is for our pool. Okay. But we're going to have uh, – make sure you tell everybody about that before you build us a lineup in just a regular contest. Tell us about this contest that we have special for the DFS Dreamer and the uh, Baby Bowl Holiday Special. Absolutely. Thir- uh, Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving Day slate, uh, 30 participants, so, so getting there fast before it fills up. Uh, we'll put the link out on our, our Twitter page as well. Uh, so definitely get in there. $5 entry fee is going to pay out the top five. Uh, get to kind of test your metal against myself, uh, Wes, and Rob. It'll be fun. So baby Bo participants, uh, DFS streamer listeners, uh, please just get in and let's just have some fun on Thanksgiving. Sounds really good. All right. So, Rob, you and I are going to build my lineup this week, and we will be going against Pierre to see who pays off uh, uh, this week. But Pierre always builds me a lineup that I can use. So, Pierre, go ahead and let her go, man. All right. So, Thanksgiving Day slate. I'm going to actually start with with Watson. I kind of spoke with that. I feel like he'll be the highest own, and I don't want to miss that boat. Uh, So, I'm going to go with him at 7,400. I'm going to double stack uh, with him there. I'm going to take Will Fuller and Cooks uh, in this actual matchup uh, just to kind of get his his main pass catchers. I'm going to run it back at running back. Uh, hopefully he plays. Uh, I'm going to take Swift at uh, 6,500 uh, for the Lions there to kind of run it back and get a piece of that game coming back. Uh, for the second running back position, I'm actually going to go down a little bit to uh, save some salary, and that's going to be Gus Edwards there at 4K. Uh, that leaves 5,100 there. I'm going to go to tight end. Uh, so I know I spoke to Andrews, but I'm actually uh, not going to play Andrews. I'm going to go with Schultz uh, at 3,800. I, I like Dalton. I feel like he likes to target the tight ends. Did so with Eifert in Cincinnati. Uh, that leaves me 5,500. I'm going to go ahead and try to force in McLaurin uh, at 7K as well, uh, just to get a part of really attacking uh, that Cowboys uh, secondary with really who I feel like the toughest uh, in regards to that the I guess the secondary he's going to be the main guy that Alex Smith is going to target. Uh, going to try to get in one of these Pittsburgh guys. So I know we didn't talk about James Conner. Uh, I'm not going to put him in here, but I do feel like he's kind of the contrarian play. Uh, everyone's kind of focused on the Steelers passing game and the the attack that they've been doing with their those three weapons that they have there. I think James Conner uh, could be a sneaky play here. I won't put him in. I'm going to take the safer route and go uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, 6200. That leaves me 3400. Uh, again, I like the the rain probably situation here. So uh, with the salary I have left, I'll close it out with the Ravens at 3,100 there. Okay. 
All right, that sounds like a winner, kind of, Pierre. I have one very similarly built to yours, actually, but I want to get Rob's input here. Rob, we got to go for uh, Watson at quarterback, right, or are you going to want to choose somebody else? Yeah, Watson, to me, is definite play in terms of, especially when you're looking at a cash build, um, you know, he's going to be the safest guy, and, and with the savings at some other positions, you got the money to spend on him. All right, Gus Edwards, we're going to throw him in at running back, right? Because he's just yep. such a good value. All right, yep. now here's the thing. Are we going to go with Swift as the other guy if he plays? I think so. I think the tough decision that I'm having in terms of like building my cash is is uh, Swift and Gibson. And I know uh, I know a lot, um, a lot of people are going to be off Duke, but depending on what I do, I, I, I'm, I might look at Duke, but – Swift, he has that pass floor, or the pass game floor that you you like to see because he's had four or five targets in every single game this year besides one. So, and plus he started getting the usage in the, on the ground too. So, I I like him if he plays. Okay, and I got not penciled in here McLaurin already as wide receiver. We got to play him, right? Agree? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, and then that leaves us two wide receivers left, and we got to get a we got to p- pair somebody up with Watson and and Pierre. I did the same thing as you. I threw Fuller and Cooks in there, but let me see if Rob thinks we should put somebody else in there to be a little contrarian. In my cash lineup, I do have Fuller and Cooks as well. <laughs> <laughs> well that's pretty. Good. And then, yeah, what about if, at the flex position? Let's go with the flex position first. Who? I, well, let me say this: at tight end, I put in Akins. Period exclamation point i put in akins as and since i since i schooled both of you even though you got more points out of waller uh since i'm hot right now with tight ends i think we should play akins so i'm going to insist that we play akins which leaves us with about uh what was it 52 50 per player and i think on dsts we got to put the steelers in there rob see i was kind of so um i don't mind the steelers i love the steelers in terms of um playing a defense so i'm 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 okay with that for sure Okay, that gives us 6,300 in that flex spot. And since you are my guest over at my podcast house this week, I will let you spend 6,300 on my DraftKings lineup, (laughs) Rob, and we can go anywhere. We can just about go anywhere Uh, in the flex spot. The only person off the board is Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, so it's got to be Dante for me because you're looking at that point you have basically kind of comes down to Connor, Deontay, Claypool, and... Galladay and maybe Gibson if if Galladay plays um but Connor I, do, I really don't like the usage I've been seeing out of him lately and and that matchup and like we mentioned earlier in the show with Deontay 10 plus targets in every game that he's stayed healthy so he's he's the one for me okay well then Amari Cooper it is because he's from Alabama <laughs> All right so <laughs> Now, I will put Deontay Johnson in there as well. It had to be somebody, right? So we only switched up a little bit there, uh, Pierre, between, uh, I guess, the the tight end and the defenses. You paid up a little bit more for the tight end, and I was able to pay up a little bit more for the defense. Sounds like it. Hopefully everyone doesn't do this. Otherwise, we have some pretty similar lineups. (laughs) Sorry, I was going to say, that's that's the thing. I think think this sort of build where you get Deshaun Watson, Gus Edwards, Swift if he plays – McLaurin and then a lot of the um, Houston uh, pieces are going to be really, really popular. So, you know, like we mentioned before, if you're trying to play a if you're trying to play a cash game, you know, double ups, stuff like that. I think that's the, the you know, the safest route to go with something like that. But if you're looking to take down a large field tournament, you're going to have to get different in these spots. 
Yeah, that, that's a great point. All right, so Pierre, one more time for everybody. How can they find this uh, tournament that we're doing on the t- Thanksgiving Day? Yeah, so we're going to have it posted uh, to our Twitter pages. We'll, we'll pin it up there. Uh, we'll send it out, post it on the, the Twitter the Twitter sphere there. Uh, again, 30 players, so getting there quick. Uh, it's going to be top five paid out, $5 entry, uh, running for Thursday only on Thanksgiving. Yep, and we'll we'll post that also in our little baby bowl feed, and we will do it in all different kinds of formats. We'll we'll space it out a couple of different times, and that's how you can find it. And you can also find it in the show notes. Rob, thanks for coming over tonight. I appreciate it, my friend. I'm glad we could have this mashup. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. That's no problem. At Norton0723, you can find Rob Norton there, and he always comes out with that DraftKings article for the Sunday slate sometime on Friday or sometime on Saturday, one of those two days. But he always does it early enough to where you can really concentrate on building those lineups. And Pierre, thank you for coming over to the podcast house uh, this evening as well. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks for having me as always. Good interacting with Rob finally. Uh, Great show. Uh, Looking forward to hopefully doing it again in the future. You know, you two are so much kinder than JB and John Frisella are whenever they get on the show together. And they <laughs> I mean, those guys, man, they just they just tell me and just get me going is what they end up doing. They both do it on purpose, too. It's like big brothers and little brothers. But I'm the oldest one out of all y'all. So that's that's the thing that's really bad. You can find Pierre and you can look for that tweet as well about entering that cash game lineup at Wee 31. Make sure you're following him. He does have a lot of great uh, DFS advice and not only for football. But with basketball season heating up as well, I know Pierre will be all over that. You can find me at Loafinit on Twitter and follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Make sure you head over to Anchor FM and whatever listening platform you like to listen to podcasts on. You can find it over there on Anchor FM. It happens to be on the iTunes app. Make sure you slap those stars around. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Look for this Baby Bowl Dreamer uh, uh, D- D- uh, DraftKings tournament that we're going to have. Make sure you enter. Let's get all 30 players uh, or all 30 spots filled. $5 only to play. $5 to play is what these guys said would be a good price point. So I'm looking to play that with you guys. And thank you so much in advance for allowing me to win all of your money. And I will take an opportunity with that money to find a way to go out and make a positive impact in somebody's life today. 